And we back, everybody. Back for another year. A new show. Black Techies. You see the show title. New gig. Fresh Faces. Um, yeah. Happy New Year. I know Happy it's the year. 25th day of the new year, but, you know, <laughs> it's a new show. So that's how we got to start it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. How, Greg, how is it, how's everything been going? Um. Inter- interesting um so new job love the job um mm-hmm. my, my boss is kind of like she's new too so she's kind of filling me out i'm filling her out uh i think we want to mm-hmm. like get along good um we just got to get through this this hurdle of us both being new like in in the face of her being yeah. new, me being new because i'm coming at it from a completely different perspective like coming from a law background where Everything is like, go, 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 do it right now, finish it right now, to more mm-hmm. of a hurry up and wait style with my current company. Very laid yeah. back, um, like surprisingly laid back. Like I'll get in at nine. I'm usually leaving the office at 430 so I can like get home. Most people are like, no, mm-hmm. I just got to wait till 530. I'm like, no, like I'll get home at like six and then. Once I get home, then I just like get on the computer and, you know, do an hour of work. Or if I'm honestly done for the day, then I'm done for the day. But, Mm -hmm. you know, that it's been interesting because I'm starting to believe that the not, not just the government, but like older people don't and will never appreciate technology as much as it helps them out. Um. My company gets it. Like, I absolutely love my company and how, like, forward they are on things and how, I won't say just, like, laid back, but it's, like, it feels like everybody is a creative. And as a creative, it makes me feel better. Yeah. But they're, some of them are a little bit older and they don't kind of see the forest for the trees. So without giving too much context to things, one of the clients that we're working with, really big organization, like probably one of the biggest, not like an Apple style, but like it's like an organization, right? And they're pushing yeah. a platform that is going to be important and they're trying to like get ahead of competitors and do the things that they need, you know, need to do to prosper. But they don't even have an Instagram page. Um, they mm. essentially, um, in a meeting today, I, I found out that they kind of prioritize Facebook over everything. And mm-hmm. it, it, it's hard to kind of tell them because I'm new, but I still want to be like, Facebook is for the, and I, I hate to say it, like I, like from us, from like like 30, like between the ages like 30 and 45, like we use it as kind of like a, let, let's keep up with the family. Let's keep up with, people that we don't really want to talk to on an everyday basis, just know that they're there. Um, the best analogy that I could come up with is Facebook is like a phone number. Like even though mm-hmm. you might not use it, you, you have it just to have it. Right. So right. that, that's my thought process on it. And honestly, that's what everybody in my personal opinion says that they use Facebook for. Nobody goes on Facebook searching for groups and trying to engage in groups anymore. That's what, we have other social media for. We have Twitters of the world. We have TikToks of the world. We have, you know, Instagrams of the world. Well, um, <laughs> this demo of people that they're trying to target is the older 45 to 65 community. 
To which I'm saying the reason why you're not getting the numbers that you're that you want to get is because you're targeting a group of people who aren't there. Right. I, I hate to be that person to say it, but like once once you're forty five, like forty five to sixty five, you're not going to Facebook as your resource for things. Um, once upon right. a time, we used to use like RSS feeds, like, you know, mm-hmm. Google Reader mm-hmm. to get our, like, data and our news. And then, yep. you know, Twitter, like, quickly took over. And before they, honestly, before things were made official, it happened on Twitter. Now, I understand everybody talks mm-hmm. about Elon and, you know, how he's kind of, like, made Twitter a cesspool. And mm-hmm. I, I feel that way, but I also feel like, there isn't a a community that is more in tune with what's going on now as well as what will be going on outside of Twitter. There's not going there won't be another Twitter platform. I think we'll end up probably going back to RSS feeders or we may have to result to honestly the leftovers of Twitter. There's gonna be people and companies who are like, you know what, this is where our following is. So we gotta stay here. And Right. I understand from my understanding, I know we'll talk about like Elon and stuff later, but from my understanding, we we need Twitter more than we need a lot of these platforms. And somebody would say that's mm-hmm. a little bit different. People would say, Oh no, you need Facebook because it's meta and stuff. I'm like, trust me. In my personal opinion, Facebook is there because like I said before, everybody has it. People don't delete right. it and the people who do, they're like, Okay, I deleted, you know, Facebook but I still have Instagram. So they're still tied into the mm-hmm. ecosystem. So they just don't know any better. Right. Right. But you know, our clients like, Oh, well we just don't understand TikTok." And I was like, okay, you don't understand TikTok. You are completely like stewing away Twitter. You're trying to make a thing out of a platform. And when I say the name, I want to get your personal take on it. Pinterest. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about Pinterest in 2023? Um, not gonna lie to you. I only use Pinterest for like hair ideas. Like yeah. if I'm looking for a hairstyle or a tattoo idea, then I'm on Pinterest. Other than that, if there's an ad or something, I'm not looking at the ad. Yeah, that that <laughs> like I, I'm I'm waiting till I get more enriched into this like job to pretty much like tell them like. You're targeting a market that doesn't look at their their phones or and you know I guess without saying saying without saying like health like one of the biggest times mm-hmm. we're working with will be dealing with health. Um, that's all I can pretty much like speak on when it comes to that. Um, they want to mm-hmm. basically not corner the market. Um, they're not trying to do like my fitness pal and noon. So I can just pretty much say that. But what I can okay. say is they want people to be more health conscious. Cool. People who are 45 to 65, like, yes, they are considering their health, but they are not going and I won't say missing the mark, but that's the best word I can say. Like, they're like, they're not missing the mark when it comes to fitness and eating right. Now, I will say there are a lot of dietitians and nutritionists, which I'm sorry, nutritionists that mm-hmm. would say, oh, well, health matters. And yes, it does. Like, you know, we have to start finding certain words and phrases that are appropriate absolutely get that my issue is teach that to the you know the chefs on tiktok the 
people mm-hmm. on YouTube, what they're trying to do is get influencers and people who are like 45 and up, like these established places. I'm talking like the Steve Harvey's of the world, um, like black enterprise and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. I'm looking at this. I'm like, oh, they're not going to go for that because they're um, imagine them pushing a health app that's supposed to work for like, you know, communities like black and brown and stuff like that. They're supposed to right. be working for that. But then their next ad is like Adam and Eve or their next ad mm-hmm. is, you know, like Squarespace, something like it, it's a conflict of interest when it comes to certain right. stuff. And mm-hmm. honestly, a lot of those like big names are going to price you out. So in my head, I'm thinking, think about the smaller influencers. And they're like, oh, well, they might be under contract with certain brands and stuff like that. I'm like, That's exactly what you want. You want them to be like noticed like these tiktokers who are like oh yeah i'm sponsored by this company and this company's like hey guess what why don't you just find the ones that are partnered with the companies that you partner with when you do that mm-hmm. you, you've already like not one notch off the belt all that and saying i love my job love the company um mm-hmm. i've been in contact with people from the previous job and they're like oh greg you miss you know we miss you blah 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 and while mm-hmm. I enjoyed that job, it, it was also like, it was my time to go. It was time for me to like find something new. I'm ha- honestly happy yeah. at my job. I'm just going through that period where it's like, okay, people want to see like what I can do, but they also don't want me to do too much. I think my boss mm-hmm. said, she was like, oh, just like take it slow and just take everything. And I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm taking everything in, but I'm also kind of like, with the you know coming in with a new lens i could pretty much tell you guys like hey um yeah like there's not you know that's not that um more more specifically for my role i'm the social media manager so when i come in and i hear like no disrespect but i hear older people explaining how like platforms that everybody else has that they're kind of like void or like they don't matter like i've never heard somebody mm-hmm. say outside of like the older community like oh tiktok don't matter i was like but guess what half the news that people get from facebook have been like sourced from twitter like when you go and click the link it's originally a tweet mm-hmm. most of the right. news that you see started at twitter it started at yep. tiktok they see that stuff mm-hmm. um i hate to tell them like most of the news that you guys get is three days late to begin with it's not you know it's the equivalent yeah of yeah going out of town and then coming back and reading the Washington Post that's been sitting in your driveway for three days. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, I got I got the newspaper. It's like, no, you got three-day-old news. But it's new to you, so you feel as though like you're telling people things. Now, for anybody who's listening, everybody has had that moment where somebody that you're either friends with on Facebook or a family member who has Facebook, they'll go and relay a message to you about something they saw on Facebook and you're trying your hardest not to tell them, like, yeah, you saw that on another social platform days before. Mm-hmm. So I guess what I'm trying to hint at is, like, I'm not saying old people don't know any better and they aren't in tune. But so far, the ones that I've talked to and the ones that have talked about social media, the way they talk about social media is only Facebook exists to them. Everything else just isn't like it's there but it's vapor it's like it's there but i'm not there like and the how can i wrap this up the 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 context to it to me is this 
certain companies, certain brands, certain people are afraid of certain portions of social media because the commentary that they can like have in their own personal silos, like your personal Facebook is aligned with you and your friends, the people that you've personally selected. But once you put something out in the space of a public Instagram or public Twitter, that is forever. And it's something that you can, you know, you can never take back, but it's just like you said what you said, right? People Mm -hmm. are like tragically like afraid of that. So they feel as like even companies like, Oh yeah, you know, we, we want to look at our competitors, but we don't want to be on that platform right now. And it's like, well, clearly they're, they're thriving over there. They have, you know, 100, 200,000 followers. And now that Twitter allows you to look at the engagement at the bottom and see how many views you got, like, it's so much mm-hmm. easier to be like, hey, like, I-, I can see that your tweet versus their tweet. And that's what I was explaining to, you know, some people at my job. That's baseline. Like, if you can see, like, mm-hmm. your views, you got 40 views. But this company that's your competitor has 240. It's like, yeah, there, there's that. So, like you need to fix something that they've clearly gotten. And one thing that I've learned is a lot of companies feel like they need to post every day in order to stay relevant. And it couldn't be further from the truth. Um, Mm -hmm. A lot of these tech companies, a lot of these, you know, just companies feel like, okay, we got to just be out in the space. We have to post every day in order to stay relevant. Posting every day outside of like, when I say posting, meaning just posting bullshit, like, Oh, this is our post for the day. This is our post mm-hmm. for tomorrow. This is our post for this national, this day, national, this day, like having that. It become it becomes spam to anybody who's looking mm-hmm. at it. That, that isn't right. in that, that like the echo chamber. So when I have told like people I work with this, they're, they're kind of like having sticker shock. Cause it's, even though I'm coming in and knowing one aspect of it and now I'm learning another, like when it comes to like the analytics and the data and the, like the social listening part, I didn't have that. I have everything else. Right. But the thing is, when I go and tell you about the everything else, I'm not telling you because I don't want you to care about the social listening. That is there. But the issue is you guys know the social listening, you know the analysis, but the analysis is not telling you something right. Like, um, and I, I know I said I was going to wrap this up, but I have to say this because it's important. So mm-hmm. the way that these tech companies see things, and I never knew this until I started working there, like these agencies, these tech, you know, tech companies and stuff, they do demo work. They, they go and say, okay, male, female, and age. They don't care race. They don't care mm-hmm. like location. It's like age, gender. And they feel as though, at least for this particular client, 45 to 65 is like where they want to meet the mark. And my question is who at 45 to 65, one is going to really care about, you know, one eating healthy outside of people who Mm -hmm. that's their job and that's their duty. It's it's the equivalent of like a gym trainer. And I know this is going to sound really disrespectful, but it's the truth. Like when you see a gym trainer telling you about, how much they go to the gym. It's like, yeah, like it inspires you, but it also is like, oh, like, but you're showing me the after product. Like you're not showing me the right. process. Right. So it, it, it right. doesn't feel right. It feels disingenuous. So you have a health like app or company or something like that. And they're coming at you like eat this, not that. It's like, bro, like you, you can't always be on. You, you just can't always be on. There has to be some type of balance to this. And if there's no balance, then people 
it doesn't resonate with them. It doesn't feel authentic. As a result, they no longer fuck with your brand. They no longer fuck with your product. That's essentially what is happening to Twitter now. Um, and then I'm, I want to touch on Mastodon later, but what what about you? What How has work been? Because I've talked for fucking 15 minutes about mine. What about you? <laughs> wow. Well, work is going good. And yes, I, I hit my 15-year anniversary with my current employer. So, man, it, I just... I, I was working and then this email came up. It's like, you have a service anniversary. And I was like, dang. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like I knew it was coming, but it's like, wow, 15 years. And and I just immediately started reminiscing back to when I started. And, you know, I was fresh out of college. In fact, I was hired before I graduated. So mm-hmm. shout out to my employer for taking a chance on me before I because <laughs> you know i mean because you know you got you got those student loans you know you got that six month grace period after you graduate so you know you gotta have some funds coming in so yes that was pretty clutch at the time and then just kind of looking back at um pretty much my experiences there and it was really it was really one big learning experience like learning how to be in the corporate world, learning how to be professional, learning how to deal with different personalities. Um, that was a huge one. <laughs> like you can't just curse people out in the office. You know, there's a way you got to handle things in office speak, you know? <laughs> exactly. So, exactly. Uh, yeah, there was that and the different projects I worked on, the long hours. I mean, in IT, it, that's one thing that's not stressed enough. The long hours, the mm-hmm. weekends and nights you got to put in at times to get a project done and keep it on schedule, even when it's off schedule. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, just really thinking about all this time and then, you know, thinking back to when I wanted to go into a different field um, from QA into cyber and what that was like for me and going back to school and getting my master's and finally making that leap and yeah 15 years like you know here we are so yeah congratulations like yeah yeah, people they underestimate like longevity and work um i'm starting to see a lot of that they're like oh yeah Mm -hmm. i was here for like two years and then move on like okay i get it a lot of these companies they they aren't investing you in anything so it's like yeah it's not worth being there that long and i get that Mm -hmm. but it's also for me i'm like Showing tenure gives the next place like uh, enough about you to be like, okay, they're not just going to be here for six to eight months. Um, Coming from, I told you, from law, that was the average eight months. People would go in there for eight months or, you know, maybe like a summer and a half, you know, a summer and a half, and then say, you know what we're Mm going to do? By the the following summer, they're already getting ready for law school. So it's like, oh, well, Mm. I I guess, like, I, I guess this is what happens but that you know everybody's field is different but right for us to be like the the black techies what i am noticing now that you had called on i think it was like episode two was mm-hmm. the fucking layovers like i'm sorry the layoffs like mm-hmm. the the layoffs are a big deal um i didn't yeah. i have the alerts now there's a twitter handle what is it at layoffs.io or something like that and I just oh, wow. look at the percent. Yeah, it's like percentages of what companies are. I'm talking like 
um, like Pepcom and um, mm-hmm. like Dell and all that. Like, yo, like these are companies that were hiring. Like this time last year, they were mm-hmm. hiring out that everybody mm-hmm. was getting hired because mm-hmm. they felt as though we were going to be at home forever. Which, in my personal opinion, I feel like it, it should just be a thing. But I guess other people are like, no, we have to be in the office. We have to show our presence, right? Mm-hmm. But the issue with showing your presence is you don't really want to see people. You want to still do what you were doing during the pandemic. You just want to make sure you paid up for that building space that you paid. Like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, we have to fig- we have to justify why we have this office space instead of right. repurposing it or honestly selling it. They're too afraid to sell right. it because either one, they're in contract, or two, they're like, hey, um, we still have seven years and you- I come in two days a week, so everybody should be coming in. I think like five, four or five days a week, which mm-hmm. is an asinine thought to have, but a, a lot of companies are doing that. And instead of, you know, and how can I put it? Instead of just giving people the option and still hiring more people, because they're making money hand over fist, they're still making this right. money. They're not hurting right. at all. What they're doing, in my personal opinion, is laying off the people that are refusing to go back into the office. When I see those layoffs, like emails and stuff, that's what it feels like. It doesn't mm-hmm. feel like, oh, well, you know, we hire, we, you know, we're losing money, so we're laying off twenty percent of the team. It's like, no, Dell's laying off twenty percent because they hired forty percent extra than what they needed for the company last year because mm-hmm. they were trying to get more work. The issue is honestly, I won't say there's not a lot of work, but a lot of these like companies who thought that they needed all this office space, all the, you know, all these employees, they really didn't. And most people now working from home are getting the work done in half the time. Mm-hmm. So at least yeah. in my personal opinion, that's, that's how it's worked. So what about you? Yeah. And, um, and there's another interesting thing happening. You could add Google to that list as well. Now mm-hmm. they have a new campus here in North Carolina and they laid off, was it 2000 of their workers? Ain't no way. And it, it was it was crazy because you and you got to think about that was a big deal here in, in the RTP. Like there's this new Google campus coming and it's attracting all this new people. Like people move south with the prospect of working with Google. And now you're laying all these people off. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So now think about the housing market with all this new influx of people. It's crazy here. So now mm-hmm. you're laying all these people off. <laughs> you know, which, no, which is like, crazy. Right. I, I'm you know? like, I, I thought about it that way, but I didn't think, I thought about it for like, when I say the South, I'm thinking like Texas, because everybody was moving to Texas in 2021. Or they're they, moving, you know, yeah, living in Mexico and shit. But when, mm-hmm. I, when I thought about the Carolinas, I'm like, okay, like, I know that there were a lot of like places popping up, but I had a lot of friends mm-hmm. who were like, Hey, you know, like my co my old coworker, she's like, well, Greg, you know, we moved back down to South Carolina, you know, during the pandemic. So when we found out that we had to return back to the office, you know, every other week, then, mm-hmm. you know, she had to like, cause she was staying with her parents and she had to come back right. home. So it's like, Oh, just like imagine people who just uprooted and left from like California right. and Florida and mm-hmm. New York to go to the South, to have more land, have more home, and they had mm-hmm. a cushy job in a place that's like, okay, even though it wasn't 100% remote, because there are some companies like, hey, we started, like you said, like they had a 
company office in Carolina, right? Mm-hmm. They have this company office in Carolina, but it's like, yeah, but not everybody's going to flood to Carolina. Like not everybody's going to be there. Some people might be in Georgia. Some people might be in, you know, regardless of, you know, region it could be South or North Carolina. It could be, mm-hmm. you know, DC. And they just say, you know what, once a month I'll go and drive down to Carolina and, you know, go to work, go to like a conference or something like that. But I, I just, I'm still trying to figure out the justification as to why more particularly like Google, the main ones who mm-hmm. were like, Hey, we, we need this work. Now all of a sudden mm-hmm. they don't need this work. Like what happened in this year span that we went from needing all this work to needing none. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's a, that's definitely a good question. And another thing is happening too. Now, um, I don't know if everyone remember in those early episodes when we were talking about those uh, tech influencers that were sensationalizing the IT mm-hmm. uh, experience. Well, I think a lot of these companies are catching on to where, you know, if you're not yep. doing any work now, you're getting cut. <laughs> you know, yep. those day in the life, you know, TikToks of a social media manager at Google or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they showed them doing absolutely no work whatsoever. They're at mm-hmm. the luxurious cafe or they're at their new gym or they're outside on the campus taking an air. And it's like, y'all ain't doing no work. So now the, the companies, I think, are starting to crack down. And, yep. <laughs> and I think that's something we definitely should touch on the next show because mm-hmm. um I think with all these layoffs it's it's gonna hit a little different because I think a lot of people are coming in with you know obviously a a skewed point of view of tech. So I think it's definitely something good to touch on yeah. next week. But um speaking of meta, um it was reported today that Meta is going to reinstate uh, none other than Donald Trump <laughs> back Christ. on the Instagram and Facebook ahead of the 2024 election. And the Washington Post actually has a uh, pretty detailed article on it. And just want to give a little bit of details from that article. Um, mm-hmm. uh, basically, according to the Washington Post, uh, Nick Clegg, the company's president of global affairs, and that's, of course, Meta, of course, wrote in his blog post that uh, Trump accounts will be reinstated in the coming weeks, but that he will face, quote, heightened penalties if he breaks the social media giant's content rules. And then he went on to say, quote, the public should be able to hear what their politicians are saying, the good, the bad and the ugly, so that they can make informed choices at the ballot box. But that does not mean that there are no limits to what people can say on our platform. Um, (laughs) now, of course, this all stems from, uh, Trump's ban all stems from his support of the January 6th insurrection. Um, and I don't know how, how much everyone's been following that, but a lot of people have been hemmed up. A lot of people are locked up facing many, many years over acting complete, complete donkeys at the Capitol mm-hmm. building, like, and Donald Trump is still out and free, but let's not forget who was egging these people on. And, and I would say helped organize. That's just my take. Yep. 
Hello. You know, um, <laughs> you know, and, and the, the fact that Meta is allowing him back on with the supposed heightened penalties. I mean, what's what's the next penalty? Exactly. <laughs> okay, what are these heightened penalties? You know, is it is it a fine? I mean, what is it? I mean, because he's, I mean, and this is ahead of the election, so he's going to continue on as business as usual. It's going to be nothing changed. So, yep. one, what are these heightened penalties? I mean, has he? Has he or will he agree to any of that? Um, so I, I just don't understand. Uh, what are, What are your thoughts? <laughs> I I think it's bullshit. Like when uh, when you get banned from social media, if you're any you know your average Joe, your ass is gone forever. There's no like you have to create a whole new account mm-hmm. and everything like that. So it should be no different when you are a politician that everybody knows if you know right. trump you know he gets banned off facebook and twitter you can't come back and be like hey by the way i'm i'm trump but i'm just on a new account nobody else gets that option they will literally if they find out like mm-hmm. you're popular and you get a new profile they permanently ban you from platforms so it should be no different for him now right that that in my personal opinion just means that you know was it uh Trump social, whatever that uh that platform was, was an absolute failure. Because right. mm-hmm. that's you right. Know, he swore up and down he wasn't going to any other platforms if he didn't own them or you know, if it wasn't mm-hmm. something that he backed, right? But yep. now he's like, Oh, I I need that community because now that community's been too quiet and they've been exposed. A lot of stuff is being mm-hmm. exposed, not just in the media, but in like real life about a lot of stuff. I think That's right. Like Lizzo Lizzo had said something to the effect of like um, cancer culture's appropriation because now people are kind of figuring out like, oh, this shit is weird. Like people are just getting canceled left and right for everything. It's like, no, like mm-hmm. some people are, but it's always people of color. Like when I say right. people of color, like we can say, you know, black, brown, not just like black people directly, but it just always feels like we're the ones being canceled. Meanwhile, you have these people like the insurrectionists, we ain't heard about that shit in a year. Like they try to gloss over that in a major way. Mm-hmm. Um, right. When when we talked about like even with the sports desk, like they had you know Dana White, like they completely gloss over that. And you know he's right. an, you know Trump supporter. It's like it's certain things, certain people that they're allowed to get away with the shit that they do because mm-hmm. either they're funding them or <laughs> their name's just big enough that it's like oh we can't get rid of them because we need them. So mm-hmm. when when I see like the Trump going back to these social platforms, like you don't need these platforms. I, I don't see or have any justifications why you need to be on Facebook unless you want to do like the thing we talked about with the 45 to 65 community, the people who right. just hey, like, you know, this is where they are or, you know, meeting people where they are, but it's like, you're meeting your community. You're meeting that age bracket. Cause most presidents are between what the ages are 55 and 75 anyway. So yeah, when I say that, I'm saying like, oh, like at least not presidents, but like politicians, they are in that age where they only go to one source and believe that source. That's how Trump, in my mm-hmm. personal opinion, took over 2016. He was in a, in a space where he was allowed to say anything and people believed it because how can you, you know, how can you deny it when it's just you? 
when you're going right. to those small towns like Iowa or, you know, you're going to like, you know, like Vermont or something and you're saying things, people are like, oh, yeah, well, we got to believe it because, I mean, nobody else is coming here. Right. But now you would think people would have known better since it's been a few years since he's been out of office since 2016, even more. So him coming back is like, you know what you're going to get. Like, it's going to be the same script. It's going to be the same bullshit. And there's nothing positive that's going to come from it other than disaster and chaos. Now, somebody's like, oh, well, you know, great. That might not be true. You're like, you know, you're sending like propaganda or something like, no, he does propaganda. We know the like we know this shit. Mm -hmm. We we literally had four years of it. We're still having like we're still going through the remnants of what happened in 2016. Right. So for me, it's it's not going to be any different. It's just going to be what's next when it comes to mm-hmm. him. If we get to a point where we have to kind of start muting and blocking people from social platforms again, like I had to do for four years, I don't know how I'm going to act because mm-hmm. I personally don't want to hear from him again. And right. that's just my personal bias because of, you know, not just my political affiliations, but more so like I just didn't want to see him. He just mm-hmm. was a detriment to my like social media every day. It's like, I got to see this right. on the news. I got to see this on my platforms. Even if I don't want to see it, I have to hear it. It, it just, mm-hmm. it wasn't good at all. It wasn't like conductive for my personal take on social media, but some people, they align with him, but I feel like there should be a space for that. But once you abuse that space, you shouldn't be allowed to come back. And for him, be not only being allowed back, but being like welcomed with a red carpet, I think is bullshit. And they really need to fix how they're going about it. Cause it just mm-hmm. it feels like disingenuous and I'm not a fan. But what about you? Um let me just say, um I'm still wondering what boundaries they're gonna place on him because I was watching the documentary 13. Remember that one by Ava DuVernay on Netflix? Mm -hmm. And they had clips of him from the campaign trail and just how, I mean, the vitriol that he was, the, the language, just the propaganda he was spitting out. It was just, it was horrible. And it was undoubtedly racist in Mm -hmm. every way, shape and form. So it was like, I mean, I really got to know, how do they plan to really place boundaries on what he does? And and it's interesting because Washington Post further reports that, you know, uh, Meadows' reinstatement, along with Twitter's decisions in November to lift the permanent ban against Trump, means the former president once again has the ability to reclaim the spotlight using two of the most pivotal social media platforms in the world ahead of a presidential election in which he is a declared candidate. Um, all I know is that, you know, QA non-lovers are doing the Birdman hand rub right now. Yep. Okay. Yep. <laughs> they they really are. They, they're, they're loving this. Um, every Trumper in the world. Now, Trumpism mm-hmm. is global from my understanding. There are people in New Zealand that are Trumpers. People mm-hmm. in Australia that love Trump and it's like it's I mean there are people of color that love Trump. So it's like I I just see this spinning so far out of control. And yeah. I don't think we're being, you know, 
pessimistic about it. I mean, this is just what we've seen. I mean, this is what he's shown us on the campaign trail and his four years in office, which, mind you, he was impeached twice. So it's like, I mean, what do you expect this guy to really say that's beneficial to anybody? Yeah, It's like they gave him a head start to fuck shit up. And right. he's going to continue fucking stuff up for as long as possible. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, just just allow him to do it because it's him. Anybody else, like, will get banned from stuff. Like, I think I showed y'all, like, I got, like, uh, what do you call it? Like, a temporary, like, block on my mm-hmm. Twitter profile for mentioning Elon. Just saying his right. name in negative mm-hmm. light. But you know what Trump has done over the past fucking six years. It's like, you know what? It's going to be okay for him, though, because that that's what y'all are used to. Y'all are cool mm-hmm. with, you know, that side. You know, obviously, that's a part of their politics. Well, I say them, meaning certain people. So I mm-hmm. can't deny it or say, like, all right, if that's your jam, cool. Because I would honestly, like, have my own personal bias if it came to my political affiliations. But a lot of these people, it's not even a political thing for them. They just got bought. Mm-hmm. Like, they just somebody had more money than another person to say, you know what? We're going to go about this shit this way. And we're going to make sure that we're going to get our boy in office. We're going to make sure that we promote our guy. Like, when I look at CNN now, that shit looks nothing like it did 2018, 2019. Not at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you know, they've turned that into, like, the fun house. And it's like, bro, like, where's the news? Like, you know, they've run out of news because they've run out of things to talk about. And I think now right. we're starting to see that politics is becoming the, you know, the Hollywood for certain channels like Fox and all like all these news stations have like really low numbers because there's no controversy. And when I say no controversy, I'm like over the four years that he was in office, they got more press than they ever did. There was never something that he wouldn't say. There was never a day where it's like, okay, you know what? He's going to take a break today. And they love that shit. They thrive off of that. And, you know, I hate to say it as a black techie, but it's going to happen where a lot of these tech companies, they're going to be like, oh, well, we need him in office because he's going to, you know, develop a way for our companies, a.k.a. Facebook and the like, to get more money. And when right. we get more money, we're going to get we're going to get more money as a brand. But the company itself, we don't have to pay a whole bunch of people because we're getting our money off the back end. And mm-hmm. that's what happened all 2016 to 2020. And then people with like the was it the little plans that they had, the PPP plans and stuff during the pandemic and stuff. They went after certain people who got those PPP plans. There are a lot of white people that aligned with 45 Mm -hmm. that they didn't say a fucking thing to. Right. They're like, oh, yeah, they borrowed fucking $16 million, you know, in relief. They had Mm -hmm. nine employees. Did you need it? Absolutely not. But you know what? You did your thing. And in my personal opinion, as long as you have the like complexion for protection, nobody's going to say anything. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker engineering your success is that you know he has that right he's able to say you know what i can do what i want i'm white and i say so but Mm -hmm. 
when it comes to that social media stuff, like if I can't block it fast enough, then I'm going to be off of it. Um, and one of those that I feel is going to be that is fucking Mastodon. I know I said I was going to talk about it later. I'm, I'm just going to say it really quickly. Um, mm-hmm. Mastodon is where everybody white who got tired of, you know, having a shared space with black people who had, you know, not even black people, just people, any person of color having an opinion, they felt like Twitter became too woke. They felt like mm-hmm. Twitter was waking shit up. And right. Mastodon feels a lot like app.net did when, you know, people like, oh, we don't want to be on Twitter. We're going to create a platform called app.net. Mm-hmm. But we're going to have to charge people $14.99 a month to use it. It's like, yo, nobody wants to pay, like, for social media. Like, right. I, I don't. So I never did it. So, you know, now Elon with this, what is it, the eleven ninety nine for Twitter, people are like, yo, like, I don't want to pay for Twitter Blue. And it's like, oh, mm-hmm. but we need ad space. I'm like, well, if you didn't run everybody off the fucking app, you wouldn't mm-hmm. need all this ad space. It, it's mm-hmm. really that simple. Like, the, the numbers speak for themselves. If you stop fucking shit up, guess what? You have all the content in the world. You have, right. you know, all the advertisers. You have the traffic. I, I, I'll just never understand it. Uh, but to, like, land when it comes to Mastodon, I've signed up for Mastodon just in the event. Because, you know, a lot of us, we be, you know, we get behind the curve on a lot of these social platforms. Like, mm-hmm. people didn't want to give up MySpace when Twitter came out. They're like, oh, man, like, you know, we're still on MySpace right now in 2007. Mm-hmm. Like, we, you know, we don't need Twitter right now. So a lot of people missed out on having, like, making their mark. Um, so Mastodon, I signed up for it with the, with the thought of in, you know, in case of emergency break glass. But the issue that I have with Mastodon is I've seen this pattern before. They're taking everything that is that was good on Twitter and just replicating it and renaming it and calling it Mastodon. I hate the name Mastodon. I hate the app that's Mastodon. The um, they have roughly right now they're doing what Twitter did back in two thousand nine, two thousand ten. There are a whole bunch of app developers who are creating apps for Mastodon. Mastodon has their stock app, but it's garbage and. The reason why people don't want to go over to Mastodon is because you're not going to have your following over there. There's a mm-hmm. lot of people who had 40,000, 50,000 followers on Twitter that they don't want to leave behind because that number looks good in their head. What they forgot, though, is a lot of people, unfortunately, stopped using social media. They you know, forgot a password or they've moved on to other platforms and left Twitter in the dust. So when you see those numbers, like, oh, yeah, it's like... I have 50,000 followers on Twitter, so I'm going to stick to Twitter. But now they try to go to Mastodon, and then they have like 1,200 followers, and they're trying to figure out why am I not getting the engagement that I want. It's because, honestly, you're, like, you're a nobody anywhere else. So mm-hmm. what, I guess what I'm trying to say is you, you, you want to try to be where people are and have you know all the social media platforms just to have them. I'm right. not saying you need to post on them. You just need to have them so you have that space for people in the event that Twitter ever goes down. But if... Twitter were to go down, it's not going to go down to an app called Mastodon. I'm mm-hmm. saying that in 2023, who knows what 2026 would be. The issue with Mastodon is it works like, I'm trying to think of a proper term. It it thinks it's Reddit, but it's AOL chat rooms. Like, wow. with, 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 with a Twitter skin. <laughs> like, I think that's the best way to put it. Like, when you mm-hmm. sign up for Mastodon, like, hopefully, when you sign up to Mastodon, you use an app and not use actual Mastodon because mm-hmm. 
you sign up per room that you're in. So if I'm like Greg at Mastodon Social, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like Greg, and it's all phrased in like email coding. So you have like Greg at Mastodon Social. But then if you want to interact with a different like group of people, you can go and be like Greg at uh, TechHub dot uh, Mastodon or something. It's like like nobody has the time for this. People who code don't, they stop coding or I don't say stop coding, but they don't do their coding for social media. It, it just, it's yeah. really convoluted. So like, you know, how we, that's why I try to compare to Reddit and AOL chat rooms. Cause when you went into AOL chat rooms, you were able to change your name to whatever the fuck you want to change it to. I could be Greg right. in one room and I can be like the bird, the bird on, you know, another room. And mm-hmm. with Reddit, Reddit had a, you know, it had so many subreddits you can go into. You are still who you are, but you can have an identity somewhere else. Like, I don't know if Reddit allows you to hide your post history, but I think everything's public anyway. So if you're into kinky shit, like, yeah, there's kinky subreddits. If you're going into sports, there's sports subreddits. Mm -hmm. If there's reading subreddits, you can go to those. So that's how they try to present Mastodon. The issue is Reddit is so good at what it does, you can't replicate reddit reddit's always mm-hmm. going to be reddit just like right. when we had um like forums like mm-hmm. basically reddit took the yep. form of forums and made it better they made it more innovative right. for people who were like okay i don't want to have to go through this you know going to you know having to sign up to what is that app that it used to be called um god i cannot think of the, the name of it but it was like uh, app that everybody used and they listed all their forms and you can go to each individual um, form from that app um i think i know what it, you're talking about too i forgot what i forgot what the name of it is i'm going to look for it but basically reddit took that and was like no instead of having multiple websites that had different forms we're just going to have one website with different forms you can comment as much as you want you can add gifts and you know this and that and the third and it, it will be just as entertaining reddit went off from mm-hmm. there then you know because reddit was here before i won't say before twitter but it kind of like was like the 1b to twitter it's like okay yeah if you're on twitter cool but also sign up for reddit in case twitter's you know twitter's not for you the issue is now you have TikTok that people are scared to use because they're like, okay, everything's a conspiracy theory or something like, yo, I've learned yeah. a lot of shit from Twitter, but also mm-hmm. Twitter is like, I'm sorry, not Twitter, uh, TikTok. So TikTok is basically a video version of Twitter. It's like you got to take everything with a grain uh-huh. of salt, but you, right, you can't right. deny the facts. Like, you know, either it resonates with you or you're denying it. So mm-hmm. that's how I feel about like TikTok. Everybody else can feel differently, but there's that. Instagram um announced today i guess there's a little bit of tech news the ceo was like hey um we're focusing a little bit too much on videos and the reason why they realized that their app is tanking they they mm-hmm. realized that pe- people hate getting on instagram for anything more than the stories when i open my um, uh-huh. instagram feed i just i go to the stories i can care less about what's on the feed anymore i don't even know if people post photos anymore because I'll see an ad and then I'll see a post and then I'll see another post and then I'll see an ad. And like, mm-hmm. I don't have time for this. I don't know. Like, I don't know who I'm following anymore in there. Um, Twitter's currently going through that same type of thing. And it's personally, in my opinion, Elon's fault where I'm starting to see a lot of bullshit on my feed. Like there's a lot yeah. of people who just like, I've never seen them on Twitter before. And we've been on Twitter a very long time. 
I've never mm-hmm. seen these names. I've never seen these people. I know they're bots, but they're posing as if like they're like like they're us. So mm-hmm. me having a black uh a really large follow, I have like three thousand like people that I follow on like Twitter. I don't see those people like that. I see a whole bunch mm-hmm. of trending tweets that are like okay, right? Fifty eight fifty eight k people looked at this. But I'm like, it came, like, it was three hours ago. Like, how the fuck, how did I not see it, but they saw it? But then it's like, right. okay, tweets you should engage with, or somebody like this. I'm like, but that person, their profile was opened in November of 2021. There's no mm-hmm. way they went, and they only have, like, 2,000 tweets, but they have 118,000 followers. Like, it doesn't right. work that way, which I'm feeling as though Twitter is, like, making, like, fake impressions and fake engagements in order to keep people yeah. like on Twitter. Yeah. And like, okay, we're just going to inflate these numbers to make it look like it's important because mm-hmm. every time I open Twitter, like they, I think they had like an ongoing list of all the people that they thought were bots. I'm going to try to send it to you. Cause I was like, Oh yeah. Like that person got to be a bot. That person, I know mm-hmm. for a fact that they are bot cause I've never seen that person before and nobody else has seen them either. So there's that. Right. But all, all that to say, I'm just going to get right back around to it nothing that I've said that was negative about any of these platforms would get me to leave them for Mastodon. It's something mm-hmm. about the name. It's something about the, it feels like true social. That That's what it feels like to me. It feels like yeah, when people are like, oh, we're just going to try to make true social a thing. And it's like, but you, you still have your following over here. People engage with right. you over here. You're going to leave your engagement mm-hmm. in order to build your engagement over there. And it, it just feels forced. It's like, hey guys, come over here to Mastodon. Like one of my favorite, like not tech persons, but like an Apple guy, right? <laughs> Excuse me. So basically, he's like, this is my last tweet. He said it in like December. He's like, oh, this is my last tweet on Twitter. I just can't align with their practices anymore. And blah 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 blah. You can find me over at uh, Mastodon. And I'm like, bro, you're making an announcement to leave a platform that you you still have up. If you don't commit, fully fucking commit, delete your fucking Twitter profile and be like, you know what? I'm washing my hands of this shit. When people go and look for you, they can't find you anywhere else. So they go there. You know what I did? I looked at his Mastodon. I was like, oh, absolutely not. Well, we'll see you in a couple months when you realize like Twitter's actually where you need to be because that's where you're following it. Yeah. So, but yeah, uh, anybody who tries to convince you that Mastodon is a thing is a fucking liar. Um, <laughs> and and it's not just from like our type of perspective, Cashley, like where we yeah. like, all right, cool. We're going to tweet about stuff. Like now we're a little bit older. So we have to be cautious in the things that we tweet, but there are also right. brands and companies that are going to want to be able to engage on platforms with people. Twitter mm-hmm. made it so it's so fluid. Like you could post something on Facebook and Instagram and share it to Twitter and it doesn't break its formatting or anything. So you have brands mm-hmm. on their personal websites, Coca-Cola, Pepsi, Apple, at the bottom of their header, you know, at their footer on their page, it's like, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, mm-hmm. uh, Twitter, YouTube, like the, the main ones, you know, the ones you don't see fucking Pinterest because Pinterest, like it's, it's trying to like, it's never tried to be more than what it is, which is like right. in my personal opinion, a, a mood board for shit that you want to do or you're thinking about right. doing. That's that's mm-hmm. what Pinterest is, right? Right. Then you have right. you. Uh, I'm trying to think of what, what's the other one. Um, App.net. That was the one that was fourteen dollars. Nobody cared about. It died out in two years, right? So you got that bullshit. Mm-hmm. 
Then, like, you have Reddit. Reddit isn't for everybody, but for the people it's for, they have found ways to maximize on using that. I'm one of those people. I use Reddit. I probably use Reddit now more than Twitter, but I'm not going to leave Twitter for Reddit. I'm just going to have to have both of them coincide with each other. Um, Mm -hmm. Instagram. Like, I'm one of those people, I use Instagram, my Instagram is locked, my Facebook is locked, because there has to be some type of silo for me to interact with just right. the people I want to interact with. Like, everybody right. can't be my friend on there. Like, everybody can't mm-hmm. be my friend on Instagram and Facebook. I don't want you following me. I even have my privacy settings to, like, hey, don't try to search me by phone number. Don't try, mm-hmm. you have to have the link to my actual name, like, my name right. or whatever my Facebook.com link is to actually see right. my profile, because... I don't want y'all being like, oh, yeah, you know, because now I think when you have an iPhone for the first time and you connect your Facebook, it connects all your fucking contacts. Yeah. Like, oh, this person, this person. And it's like, what, what mm-hmm. the fuck? I don't want to know them. Uh, TikTok right. does it as well. It's like, OK, connect your TikTok to your Facebook. And it's like, yo, all these people like I don't want to connect with these people. I have phone right. numbers in my phone to people I've never talked to. Well, I don't say never talked to, but I haven't talked to them in years. Like when I say years over 10, I just, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a stickler for not deleting numbers. I, I just don't do it because you never know. Like, oh, what was that person's number? I lost it. Cool. I have it. Right. But that's um like the whole aspect of Instagram for me. It also ties into Facebook. So it's kind of one cohesive meta uh, app for me. Um, like WhatsApp, people tried to, you know, say they want to use that instead of using iMessage. I'm like, okay, cool. I tried it for a while. It wasn't cool at all. And plus, that's just one more meta app because it's owned by Facebook, right? It's like, I can't have mm-hmm. all your apps. Like, I got to have some balance. I'm like, I ain't going to sign up for every single thing. So mm-hmm. when I see Mastodon, I'm like, oh, there's no fucking way. And I'm only talking about it this way because I've seen a lot of platforms die out. And I've seen a lot of platforms try to be Twitter by just literally skinning what Twitter is and hoping that right. they get their following from Twitter. And it doesn't work. Um Another one, uh, Clubhouse. I still have my profile yeah. on Clubhouse because mm-hmm. I really hope, I really hope that the the cesspool that is Clubhouse like goes away. Because when I first got Clubhouse, it was like, okay, there's a lot of innovation. There's a lot of you yeah. can learn from this rooms that were like protected rooms where everybody had conversations with each other. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, okay, everybody wants to be DJ academics. Everybody wants mm-hmm. to like argue and I, I, I don't want to give mm-hmm. people certain people's name, you know, put certain people's names out there. They know who they are because they mm-hmm. like they make rooms every day and all this other stupid stuff. But it's like I don't say they don't have followings anywhere else, but they're protected in the little nest that is Clubhouse because on all other social medias, they're nobodies. Right. I've seen a lot of these people. They'll be on Clubhouse and they have these packed rooms. I'm talking two, three, four hundred people. And it's so easy to just like fall into that trap of just listening to people argue and talk. Cause it's like, all right, it's, what is it called? Um, right. It's like white noise. It's like white noise. Mm-hmm. Right. But the issue for me with clubhouse is it went from being rooms where it's like, okay, yeah, you have the drama rooms. You can just pop in here and there. And then you had the rooms that are insightful, giving you information. Right. Like, right. It was like, okay, I'm sitting in here because I'm listening to somebody read a book or somebody giving tangible news facts that matter. Right. There were tech mm-hmm. rooms that, were so important. None of these people were here. And um, a lot of those, I hate to call them, were like grifters. Um, I'm, I'm going to go back to this in a second because I, I want you to like, kind of like speak on it as well. Yeah. You had, seen, you had seen me in one of these rooms, one of these like rooms with the tech 
And they're like, oh, yeah, you know, with my course and stuff like that. Like once we got to that point in Mm -hmm. Clubhouse, I was like, oh, so everybody's grifting now. Everybody's going and trying to make some money off this or trying to make a quick hustle Mm -hmm. knowing that nobody knows them. So that was what, you know, end of 2021, beginning of 2022. Here we are in 2023. Mm -hmm. A lot of these people are nowhere near. Like you can't find these people. You don't know where they are. And tying it into tech, a lot of those tech rooms where people were having all this insight, it wasn't insight. It was quick hustles. It's like, oh, Mm. well, you can you can do this training in 30 days and all of that. So I'm going to leave that there because I I want you to talk about that again, because all that was encompassing. I know I went a long roundabout way of saying it, but that Mm -hmm. like this is why certain social medias to me matter over others. But just in the vein of Clubhouse and that, how do you feel? Well, as far as Clubhouse, I think what I liked about it initially was the fact that it was invite only. So mm-hmm. it was like a select few could get on there, which was really good because it wasn't overcrowded and oversaturated with content. Like you said, there were, there might have been a little ra- little ratchety ratchet, a little bit here and there sprinkled, but it wasn't oversaturated. Mm-hmm. But you can get like your your poetry news, you want to hear about learning a new language or world news or local news or anything like that, you can get that. You can have those meaningful, real-time conversations with people. And that's what was so dope about Clubhouse. Now I'm hardly on there because it's like, it's the same convos over and over. It's either a gender war or just something just totally random and it's like you have to work extra hard to kind of content your you know to tailor your feed to what you want so it's like now i'm just totally i don't want to see that i don't want to see that like i have to you know block you know certain rooms to make sure it no longer pops up on my feed so it kind of makes um you know feed building a little bit difficult if you're not into like i said the one track conversations like i said it's either exactly. it's either the gender wars or it's just other nonsense and it's just yeah it's just too much so now i'm I'm just hardly on there you know um as far as reddit goes um i'm not i'm hardly on there but I, when i do go on there I, get, I do get wrestling stuff and i do like the fact that um it's easily searchable. It is user friendly. So I think Reddit is going to be here to stay because it allows um, more space as far as like content is concerned. It allows more space for conversations. But I think it's just interesting to see the shifts in social media. Um, I think the mm-hmm. one that most surprised me the most, of course, was Twitter and after, you know, uh, Elon bought it and has turned it into the boo-boo show that it is now. I mean, yep. I don't think I don't think anybody who really loved and got on Twitter years ago really envisioned this. Um, and it, it, it's it, it's kind of sad to see, and um, I think if you're not very vigilant with what you're consuming on your feeds and really taking the time to decipher what what is what and what is complete BS and yeah. um 
you're probably lost, which kind of circling back to Donald Trump, which makes his reemergence back on these platforms even more dangerous in, in my right, opinion, exactly. because um, with it, with Twitter being so vulnerable, like how I think it is, because there's, there's really no standards. There's really no one um, monitoring it like it used to be. Um, a lot of people mm-hmm. reporting it. It's a lot harder to report violent content on there now especially race racist content it's it's harder because there's no one manning that station anymore so um yeah i I just see it getting much more violent going forward um yeah yeah Uh, so Um, i don't know if it's a sign of the time but um i it's almost like you kind of thought you were past that once, you know, someone yeah. was banned. But like I said, once that sale went through and the internal Twitter company kind of fell apart, you know, people were either let go or just totally said, no, we can't work with him anymore. So um, it's like Twitter just kind of there is it, there is existing. It, it, it has nothing really behind it now. But mm-hmm. it's hard to let it go because we've had it for so long, and a lot of a lot of people have built legit followings and you know um, exposure from Twitter. So it's not like you can say, "Oh, well, you know, let's just up the leap." Because how how do you rebuild that if if that's something that you really built your brand on and your business on? You can't just say, "Oh, okay, I'll just up and leave and go somewhere else," because you don't know if your following is gonna you know follow you there. So. Yep. That, Interesting that time. Biggest issue. That is the biggest issue for me. It's like, bro, like y'all, we all have an opportunity to like, you know, have social media and, you know, use it for good and bad, depending on how you want to use it. But right. a lot of people feel like we've reached peak internet um, and peak social. But it's like, honestly, without social media now, like a lot of people would just not be in the know. They would not be acknowledged at all they they wouldn't be versed in half the shit that they think they know because most right. of the stuff they got was from you know social media both truth and you know stuff that's untrue right like for me i've learned so much i've become more versatile with things like you know started podcasting because of like social media like where would we be and i know right. a lot of people ask that question in the opposite way they're like oh well you know you could be doing so much more with your time but you're on social media i'm like Half of the jobs that people are, I don't want to say just getting fired and let go from, but half of the jobs wouldn't exist without social media. That's true. Um, a, lot of these yeah. br- a lot of these brands, they're looking for not just content creators and stuff like that. They're looking at people who have foresight. They're like, hey, this is, you know, this is the wave. Like back in, yeah. you know, 2015, 2016, like people couldn't get social media jobs because everybody was applying for them. Uh, people mm-hmm. in tech, people in IT, it's like, yo, like somebody has to be sit, be there to facilitate that stuff. So right. we can't sit here and act like social media just doesn't mean anything. Just like right. people saying tech doesn't mean anything. I'm like, okay. Like one guy tweeted, he was like, oh, CES isn't what it used to be. It's just a bunch of gadgets and like nonsense. And I was like, that might be true. But at the same time, it's like, it's necessary. It's necessary. There are a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things that we use day in and day out that people don't even think about. Like the phones that people are talking all that shit on, 
like they're talking about it on a platform. Like they're talking about mm-hmm. it on social media. You couldn't right. have most people don't have an opinion outside of social media. A lot of us don't listen to certain people outside of social media. Celebrities, we wouldn't be able to engage with them without social media. These like can you imagine like watching a Super Bowl and it just being Dorito and Pepsi and Coke commercials? Mm-hmm. Like half of half of the ads now for social media are tech. Right. Like half of, even with the Super Bowl this year, when you guys watch Super Bowl, like go ahead, you'll see the, you know, the Cokes and the Pepsis and stuff and the Wrangler jeans. But you know what you're going to see? A lot of meta commercials. You're going to see a lot of TikTok mm-hmm. commercials. You're going to see a lot of trends that are coming from social media. So I kind of get offended when people are talking as though like social media just is like, it's all for like, you know, the negatives in the world. I'm like, oh, if the world wasn't so negative, there wouldn't be anything to report on. True. True. So, I mean, I, I just leave with that. I feel, I feel like when it comes to social media, people really need to stop giving it the bad rap that it's getting because it works out for everybody's benefit, both mm-hmm. on the business aspect as well as for, you know, just the average consumer. But there are certain social medias that I feel like people should have. When I say should have, like, Facebook, obviously. I feel like, like mm-hmm. I said at the beginning of the show, that that is your telephone number for the internet. Like, right? <laughs> that, mm-hmm. that, that's the best way I can put it. You have to have a Facebook, even if like you don't talk to your family and friends and stuff like that. Just have it, just to have it. Like that's right. In my personal opinion, just your your telephone number, not your social security number, but a telephone number to everybody. There, mm-hmm. people that you might not be able to reach have that. Um, LinkedIn. I feel like oh, that yes. is the yeah. new. That is the resume. Um, mm-hmm. and a lot of people and companies are getting put out there directly from there. Now, I think there's, right. um, you put me, you put me onto an app a couple months ago when I was looking for the job that I have about, um, where people indeed. are talking, no, not indeed, but it's a, it's a company. It's, I forgot what the app is called, but basically r- people who either work there or, people who work in the field like anonymously just like talk about their jobs and their careers and stuff like that I, i'm going to find out what it was called um hmm. damn it was like an, an anonymous job app like an anonymous job review app uh, was it dice it, it, it may have been uh oh no blind blind it's an anonymous okay. professional network so mm-hmm. according to them it's an anonymous community app for the workplace um, our vision is in creating a space was to break down professional barriers and hierarchy, right? So mm-hmm. basically all, you know, emails are encrypted and stored separately from account information. Real names are never connected to blind accounts and users will not be asked. Um, but yeah, it's like in a, basically blind is the anonymous job review site that has HR departments on notice. According to this article that was written by CNBC, this is back in 2022, it builds itself as a trusted community where verified professionals connect to discuss why, I'm sorry, what matters most. It's an anonymous network with more than 5 million verified employees discussing their employers and employees from pay to return to office. The popularity of the app has grown beyond Silicon Valley as more workers are changing jobs. So uh, think about like Glassdoor. When you looked at Glassdoor, mm-hmm. there were a lot of, you know, people like, oh, I worked at this job or whatever, you know. And, you know, you either have to mark current employee, previous employee, but it always uh-huh. felt like, okay, they could know who the hell I am. Because if I'm saying I was an employee 
in, you know, from 2017 to 2022, it's like, hey, um, yeah, we, we know who you are. Like, it's, it's a process of elimination, right? So right. That, that's what Glassdoor was. But Blind, and I'm sure there are other platforms that do the anonymous kind of reviews, kind of like yelping jobs and stuff. That yeah. It's really insightful because it now holds companies responsible. Um, mm-hmm. especially since we talk about, you know, we're being like black techies, we talk about tech jobs and stuff like that. There are a lot of companies tying it back into LinkedIn now that are being exposed for their behavior to not just their clients, but to their mm-hmm. employees as well. Um, oh, yeah. I've seen a lot of, a lot of people being like, oh, I had to move over to eBay or I'm starting at Pinterest or I'm starting here because this job let me go. and what I find to be interesting is they're getting let go from these companies that have these big names, these Googles, these Twitters mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And they're going to these, uh, these a little bit smaller tech companies and they're thriving. They, they love the workplaces like they've never left. Um, but like you had said, I felt like when in agreement that Twitter and a lot of these companies, they were hiring more people than they needed than were necessary. Mm-hmm. And honestly, a lot of these people weren't doing work. So when you had, mm-hmm. you know, the people on Clubhouse tie that in as well, that, oh, well, you know, you can do this in 30 days and you can get a job that's $120,000 a year. But it's like, yeah, but mm-hmm. you're only going to be there for three months. Nobody's telling you that. Like, once you get that evaluation and you're there for three months and they're like, hey, nah, you, you're not a good fit. You can go. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's shit like that. Um, you have to be able to, like, filter it. And a lot of these apps are helping with that. Um, but LinkedIn for me is definitely once you got, I said, what? Facebook so far, I said LinkedIn is number two for me. Number three, obviously, it's going to be Twitter. I feel like that is a necessity, um, mm-hmm. just like the first two, but even more so in my opinion, because if, if I don't want to say if you're worldly, but if you want to know of the world, you have to be a right. part of that. Like, And for places that you can't go or you can't readily fly to, that is your best way of getting there. You can literally yeah. type in location-based places of what's going on live and you can filter right. it as to what you know what's happening the moment it is so when we see things like you know uh, election stuff like most people didn't watch the election on the news they watched it on twitter right that's right uh, a lot a lot of breaking news like michael mm-hmm. jackson whitney super bowl yeah. uh playoffs um like anything's happening in the world tmz mm-hmm. like most of the shit that's happened even gossip like all this stuff happens on twitter first that's why yep. I, I get really offended because i'm like okay people are acting like it's not as powerful as it is brands they reach out to their you know their core fan base and new customers through there um that's right i used to mm-hmm. you know like there are a lot of companies now they don't really want to host customer service you know what they do they have ask chipotle or they have mm-hmm. Wendy's where you go and you can contact them directly through Twitter. And, you know, you might get a variant of different people that can message you back, but they'll show you like initials like, OK, WG message, you know, DM me this information. And then you have right. a whole facilitating process from there. Um, that's why to me, like to see Twitter go away would be absolutely insane because there's way too many ways for customers to engage with clients as well as just your average consumer connecting to your average consumer. So Twitter for me is number three, four is TikTok. Um, I'm putting mm-hmm. it ahead of Instagram for, you know, just one reason, because I feel like Facebook and Instagram are kind of encompassing, like they both work together in tandem, but some people right, use yeah. it for two different purposes. But 
TikTok for me is that app that everybody wants to hate, that nobody, you know, nobody figured out what they wanted to do with it until they figured mm-hmm. out what they wanted to do with it. I was right. one of those people. I was like, Yo, I'm not getting on TikTok. I do not dance. Fuck that shit. But, <laughs> but when I figured out what I went on Twitter for, it was like, oh, th- this is why. Now, I don't, I'm not saying I sit there and doom scroll TikTok because I, again, have other platforms, but TikTok has, it, it, it is what Instagram wants to be, yeah. which is that, you know, the video content app that just knows you. TikTok just knows mm-hmm. me. I can like a video. That's right. like, all right, cool. We're not going to keep pressing you out. We're not going to send you 16 of the same video back to back to back to back. We're going to give you, right. a, we're going to sprinkle a little bit of shit that we might think that you might be interested based on that. And that, that for me is all I really need in the algorithm. I'm not too mm-hmm. big on, of a fan of algorithms, but I feel like with TikTok, the algorithm that they have is why they're getting the most backlash. That's why Facebook is upset with them. That's why the government wants to get rid of it. They're like, oh, it's the algorithm. It knows people because it mm-hmm. honestly, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, it listens to the customer. Like it listens right. to the person who mm-hmm. it's engaging with. So when somebody's like, oh, it's listening to my phone and it's hearing me, I'm like, yo, all these apps do that. Like everything when does. You, your smart TV is listening to you too. So exactly. <laughs> it's, like I'm sitting, I'm like, yo, how do you think that like they had like when you get TV ratings and shit, they know what the fuck you're watching. Right. Like, mm-hmm. I always used to wonder, I'm like, wait a minute, I'm watching like Sports Center. How do they know they're getting 16 million views? Uh, be- because they know who's tuned to the channel. Right. They had the metrics. So when I see people like, oh yeah, my phone's listening to me. Well, it's a phone. The fuck is it supposed mm-hmm. to do that? Or right. people now are like, oh yeah, my computer's listening to me. Anything that has tech involved in it is listening to you. I have right. a Google Nest Hub at my desk for work. And sometimes I'll look at it and it's like nest monitoring. So I'm thinking somebody's looking at the camera, not realizing it's just monitoring me. It's showing that it recognizes that I'm there, which mm-hmm. somebody be like, oh, that's a little bit weird. But I'm like, I appreciate shit like that. And the reason why if, if somebody comes to my house when I'm out of town or something like that, guess what? I got a camera that is technology that will tell me hey, mm-hmm. somebody's there that ain't supposed to be. Once right. upon a time, people used to say, oh, well, ADT alarms, like. I don't understand the need for ADT alarms until they got their shit broken into and then everybody mm-hmm. ran out and got ADT alarms. So right. I, I just, I, I really wish people would embrace tech, not just because Greg is saying it. It's like, oh, it's a necessary evil at this point. Right. You can't get rid of it. You can't go past it. And it's going to be everywhere you go. And mm-hmm. when it comes to older people, like I know we keep saying that like older people just don't know tech and stuff like that. They know tech. They don't want to embrace tech. Just like younger people swear they don't want to embrace certain things. It's like, you're going to have to because it's going to be around. TikTok's going to yeah. be around. Probably, I hate to say it, it'll probably be around longer than Instagram. Like Facebook might just say one day, you know what? No, nah, we're just going to combine all these. Because that was what the original plan was. They're like, oh, no, right. I'm just going to do Facebook. And you know we're going to do away with what we bought WhatsApp. We bought Instagram. We're going to integrate that all into one app. And people are like, no, like I, I'll delete my everything if i have to have a facebook profile and you know what facebook said well these idiots are stupid what we'll do is we'll tell them we, they can register for an instagram account without a facebook not realizing that meta still owns facebook so it still owns your data so yeah i, I guess that's my little spiel like yeah we, we definitely gonna yeah. have to have more tech talks because boy yeah I, definitely yeah and there's, what you, what you there's a lot to cover yeah, a lot to cover in tech, but um, that was pretty much all I had. And um, I guess what what we can touch on as far as the next show is 
mm. um, AI, artificial intelligence, yes. and kind of talk about it, not just from a tech standpoint, but also from a racial standpoint, because there's a lot of concerns about AI and facial recognition and how um, biases, anti-Black biases can be mm-hmm. programmed into artificial intelligence. So I think that'll be something dope for us to kind of touch on. Um, yeah. Because uh, there's already something, there's already a case of where a gentleman was arrested for a crime in a city he didn't commit because he was never mm-hmm. in that city at all. Never been there at all, but AI placed him there and at the scene of the crime. So, um, wow. You know, it, it's it's the other side of tech where, um, of course, with tech, there's someone working on it. There's a human interacting with this technology to make it do what it do. Because mm-hmm. computers, as, as much as they could do on their own, they still need to be programmed, right? And exactly. if you're programming this technology with your certain biases in mind, it can go from being really... technologically advanced to be really racist and have violent implications. So I think that's something we should definitely touch on to the next show. But uh, anything else before we close it out? Um, Yeah, it it is still fuck Trump's social media and Facebook for allowing him back. (laughs) Not a fan. So I I mean that from the bottom of their heart because boy, (laughs) just one thing to everybody. Yeah, and I definitely echo that sentiment now and forever. But uh, another another great show, um, another Absolutely. year, another great show, and um, we're definitely definitely gonna make this uh, a weekly occurrence. Like I said, there's so much to Agreed. touch on. But um, thank you to everyone who's uh, kind of popped in in and out. Thank you to uh, Shaw. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing your name correctly. I see you still in the audience and giving follows and likes and all that. So thank you for tuning in and definitely check us next week for the new episode. Uh, yeah. And that's pretty much it. So absolutely. I'm Cashley. Well, we'll see you. My wonderful dope co-host, Greg, and we're black techies and we'll be back next week. Peace y'all. Yes. Peace y'all. Hey, do you have the Wi-Fi password? Common words everyone has said in an airport, coffee shop, or any public place with free internet. Don't fall victim to internet hackers while using free internet thanks to NordVPN. NordVPN is one of those services you tell yourself you don't need until it's too late. We've used the NordVPN to browse the web, check bank accounts, and even stream apps like Netflix. It's the only VPN service that lets you bypass ISPs, perfect for when your job has sites you frequent like Facebook is blocked. It's the best VPN service you can get for both price and performance. Install NordVPN on up to six devices, including your smartphone, tablet, and desktop, and experience the service for yourself. Start protecting yourself and your content with NordVPN by heading over to nordvpn.com forward slash YBAB at checkout and save 75% on your subscription. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation, and partnership. 
we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.